0: You are locked on the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every
1: day. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Wednesday? Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. Um, I do have a small favor that when you get in your car, please tell your smart device to to play locked on NFL. That helps us an awful lot. And you know who else helps us an awful lot every Wednesday is Mark Schofield. Mark, what's shaking my man?
0: Ah oh, man, just living the dream. It is like I teased out last week. It is week two of Daddy Camp. The kids oh, yeah, start actual yeah. camp next week. And so today, what do we do? We played a little monster mini golf. Kids do, do well, seem now. to like that. We visited mommy at her office, which was always nice. Did a little McDonald's lunch. But making our way through it, for me, the light is at the end of the tunnel. It is now visible because once they go to camp, they're there basically nine to six, and Daddy gets the house back to himself so uh, I, can actually get some, I can actually get some work done.
1: That, and now I understand how it's all working out. Like, yeah. phase one of Daddy Camp, I'm sure, is fine. Good to see the kids. Let's do stuff. Oh, yeah. Now you're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Like yeah, you said.
0: now it's kind of like, all right, we've played hide and go seek for
1: three hours now, kids. <laughs> we got to do something else, you know? <laughs> right. I hear you. Um, a list popped up. It is list season for everyone. Everyone knows that. And you mentioned to me before we went on the air, and I just wanted to kind of just chat about it a little. So why don't you take, it by the, take the show here by the reins and tell everyone what we're talking about?
0: Right, and, and obviously what we're sort of dealing with is, remember, I am the host of Locked on Patriots. Right. And so whenever a sort of quarterback list comes up, people start to sort of lose their minds, especially when it's a list that has Tom Brady not in the top you know, three, not in the top five that has him ninth. And I'm referring, of course, to Chris Sims and his sort of ranking of the top, you know, 40 quarterbacks. And that's dropped, and it's got some people a little irate because it does have sort of Tom Brady at nine, for example. Wow. And that's a ranking that has a lot of people in the Boston area, certainly upset. You know, it actually spurred a bit of back and forth with, from Kurt Warner, of all people. Um, he had an issue with his rankings. Um, you know, one of you saw that it had Brady at nine and Breeze at ten. Wow, And yeah, Kurt Warner came out. Are you kidding me? Wow. And sort of Simpson oh, no. made
1: headlines. I didn't realize the breeze at 10. Yeah. Holy and
0: so, you know, Sims sort of fired back on the radio. He was on W.E.I. in Boston. Oh, no. Part time analyst Kurt Warner, the troll. I'm way deeper in the weeds in all these subjects than Kurt Warner. I've seen him on the NFL channel like once in the last 50 days to which Warner responded. Wow. Oh, okay. Now I don't know football. Don't watch or work it at all. All because I haven't been on network in the last fifty days. Guess we're done here. I'll leave it to the experts until football season. Crazy, but yeah, it's it's touched off a firestorm. And interestingly enough, Matt Sims was on with NBC Boston again. He's part of the NBC network now, trying to defend the Brady ranked at nine in the Boston area. Which, to his credit, he's going on Boston radio, yeah, Boston TV good for him like seems like a stand-up guy he's not going to duck away from it and part of the reason that he had brady ranked below say mahomes and he has prefers preference over mahomes which which, by the way if right now in the year of our lord 2019 you prefer patrick mahomes over tom brady like that's not an outlandish argument no like that's fine right but part of his defense of that was well mahomes has to create on his own it's all magic that he has to come up with he doesn't have josh mcdaniel's drawn up plays for him and that's where i sort of like my mind stopped because patrick mahomes has andy reed okay right. and it's not like Andy Reid a little is, credibility
1: with that statement
0: yeah it's not like Reid is looking at x's and o's and he's like before um the fawns figures it out of the water boy you know before <laughs> and he's like still like panicky about the other coach on the opposite side he's drawn up crazy plays. no andy reed can design plays too so let's slow the brakes on that one. Now, the other thing about this ranking then is I always prefer tiers. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a what, better way of doing it. I think it's right. just a better way to do it. And the way, look, my but top tier quarterback. as
1: well. Trust no, me. My 10 nobody, years at ESPN, do know how many lists I wrote? Nobody clicks right. on tiers. Right. Nobody right. clicks on tiers.
0: But the, to me, my top tier is the guys that if I needed a, a, to win a game to save my life, these are the guys I pick it, and it's Brady's still in there. It's Rogers, it's Breeze, it's Wilson, it's Mahomes, and I'd be open to Matt Ryan, but that's kind of the top tier for me. And okay. I'm cool with tiering quarterbacks because when you get into that group, then you're really nitpicking, like Brady over Rogers or Mahomes over Rogers right now. Like they're all good. Just enjoy it. That's right, what right. I've always sort of thought about quarterback rankings. But again, maybe that's why you know. I'm not on NBC and Chris Sims is.
1: Let's let's just talk a little bit about, you know, where Breeze and Brady, you know, you're closer to Brady, obviously, are in their careers because to me, my hunch is if I were to do a list or tiers, Breeze, Breeze and Brady would probably be right next to each other. I mean, I think physically they're declining, mentally they are utterly superb Both are aided a great deal by scheme and supporting cast, but you don't get away with that if they don't have the masterful brains that they both do and experience that they have. Um, I thought Breeze faded a little down the stretch, but I thought his accuracy was as good as ever, and his arm strength, to me, is starting to become a concern. And I think you and I have said this, or I've said this definitely many times on Locked on NFL, Brady's still great, but I do think his reel of... Low light plays was a little bigger than usual. Yeah, and you know, interestingly enough,
0: a woman who was just hired by the Ravens to do like data analysis, she put together this tremendous project last over the off season, um, where she basically took like completion percentage league wide and like mapped it out so you could see like physically where teams where players are completing the highest percentage of passes, and like the overall map like lead wide was basically like. You know, everything's being completed, so it looks like red on this graph, up to about 10 yards. And then as you get deeper down the field, you start to cool off, except for, say, up the seams, right? Because you can attack cover one, cover three, up the seams. But for Tom Brady, his, like, left side of the field from the line of scrimmage and downfield was more blue than anything. He couldn't throw to the left flat last year. Like, he really struggled with that. And so I do think that, yes, Tom Brady is declining a little bit. He's... Just like seven months younger, younger than me, and I can't feel my arms right now because I've been working out. You know, but he's, right. you know, out there, you know, ripping it when he can. But there is something kind with him, and he, like you said, had some low light, real throws last year. You watched that it's game more against than Tennessee. Usual. Yeah, it's not the Tom Brady that we've seen before. Now that being said, look. When they needed a touchdown drive in Super Bowl 53, what did they do? They put it in his hands. They said, look, we're going to run this play three straight times. you are got to slant it. We've got to go out there and win it. And they did. So he could still deliver in moments. Certainly that overtime game against the Chiefs, you know, he made some great throws there. But he also threw a bad pick in the end zone. And that's the other thing with Brady is that you look at, say, the interception against the Steelers, right? The one that Hayden had that it looked yeah, like Brady was trying out, right? to throw it away. That was just a bad sort of brain fart type moment. We don't usually associate with Brady. The week prior, they're in the red zone at the like goal line against Miami, no timeouts, and he takes a sack, and they fail to even get a field goal try off. That's very un-Brady-like. We're seeing uncharacteristic moments for him, which makes me think, yeah, he's not the Tom Brady of 2007, still good enough to win Super Bowls, but he's not the same guy, but I would still trust him to win a game. Same with Breeze. Like, yeah, yeah, there's just some decline. I think last year you saw late season, they struggled. Teams played a lot more man coverage. He had to make a lot tighter window throws, and he struggled a bit. But, again, I would still trust him if I needed to win a game. Now, will they be like that this time next year? They both might retire at the end of the season. That's the other thing. Like, these guys are on the back nine, to
1: be sure. For sure. And, again, like you said, nobody would blame anyone for putting Mahomes one. But he's played 17 games. Well, I guess plus playoffs. And is what, 18 years younger than Tom Brady? Like, that's pretty apples to oranges. I know they're both quarterbacks, but that's almost like comparing Wes Welker and Calvin Johnson almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean,
0: they're different. But, you know, the other thing about Sims is Andy Reid's helping him too. And, you know. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing about Mahomes, people say about Brady, he's a system quarterback. And I always say it was pushed back by saying all quarterbacks are system quarterbacks, right? You got to get him in the right system, the right offense and they'll be successful. That's Some the point. quarterbacks that's the coach are you more, about. That's, that's the whole point, right? right? And you know this, right? Anytime you're scouting a player for an NFL for team, scheme fits part of the analysis, Matt. Am I right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, so absolutely. I mean,
0: it's part of the equation here. The thing with Mahomes is if he gets drafted by, say, Jeff Fisher, is Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes or is he, like, a good quarterback?
1: Well, look at Goff. Yeah, I mean, I think Andy
0: Reid was the perfect landed spot for Patrick Mahomes, because he's the type of guy that's like, yeah, man, do your crazy things. Like, let's make it work. He's not putting the handcuffs on him and saying, no, you can't make these crazy throws. We got to run the ball and be conservative. He's letting Mahomes be Mahomes. And that's a big part of why Patrick Mahomes is, in many eyes, the best quarterback in the league right now.
1: Right, right. And, hey, I can make it a strong case that I think luck is better than those two right now. Yeah. I really think Ryan is probably exactly the same if I were to give a grade to Brady and Breeze right now. I mean, I know he doesn't have as many rings, but I think he's a little closer to his prime. Rodgers is an all-time great who absolutely could be number one on this list, too. I mean, again, no one's yeah. going to bat an eye there. I know last year was not his best. But that leaves four or five spots where I'm not sure who deserves to be over Brady. I mean, I don't think Ben does. I don't think Russell Wilson does. I, don't I know mean, who else Rivers... Is- uh, Watson yeah. like those were the Watson? names that were above him yeah Watson's the crime to me I mean yeah I, I mean, love him I'd buy in Watson, i buy sock and Watson
0: yeah he had head. Roethlisberger 6 Newton 8 Watson 5 for example and like those I, three look I loved Sean Watson he was my top quarterback that year mm-hmm. he was one Mahomes 2 I'm not putting him over Brady I'm a Cam Newton guy like I think with what he's asked to do I thought
1: he was good like, last year before injury I thought he was good but,
0: before the injury as well I I'll don't think I'm putting him it. over Brady Roethlisberger, look, I mean, Patriots, Steelers, those two teams have had some battles over the years. I, If I were hired by a team and they were like, okay, but, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's your quarterback, fine. Okay. Like, True, I can yeah, live yeah. with that shit. But I'm not putting him over Brady. Yeah. I mean, Ben's maybe that's like just
1: ninth me- or tenth to me, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, good Bank conversation. Yeah, good conversation.
0: It's, it's, it's clicks in June, baby. It is,
1: it is. And maybe we're kind of doing that too. We're starting exactly, the bottle a little right. bit. <laughs> but but, but that's the like,
0: That's the circle of content in the offseason. Somebody does something like this, everybody talks about it, and it's a circle of life.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, good for Chris, though, for going out on a limb and yeah. at least speaking his convictions and not ducking yep. away. Um, folks, guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. I've told you about them many times. It's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. Take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, which to me is a much more efficient way of getting business done. Um, Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. Pay attention. Don't just fast-forward through this. This is for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, zero awkwardness. They're also made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. (coughs) Excuse me. You've got a special deal for you guys. You get Blue Chew for free. All you have to use is our promo code locked on and pay $5 shipping, and you will get your first shipment free from Blue Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is a faster, cheaper is the better, faster, cheaper choice. And we thank them very much for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Mark, as we did last time we got together, last Wednesday. You've been scrolling through some quarterbacks that are coming out this year, presumably. I mean, college guys. We didn't get to Iowa's Nate Stanley, but he was on last week's list. And a couple things I know about him. 52 to 16 TD to interception ratio. Mm-hmm. Big, strong, what I think is like a Haskins-like build. Yeah. Um, this upcoming year, and obviously this applies to last year too, but some really good offensive line, especially tackle prospects protecting him, which from what I understand with his style is very important. And last year he threw to Hawkinson and Fant, which sure is nice yeah. for anybody. And he won't have that, you know, that going for him going forward.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'm I'm glad you sort of mentioned Hawkinson and Fant because you know, I actually wrote a piece for Matt Waldman's site, so Matt Waldman RSP, mm, where I I talked about self reliance. And how that's the thing that I'm going to look for from him this year because there were times and you could see it on film where he looked at one or both of their directions on a given play and wasn't coming off of it. Okay. He's like, look, it's, it's nice third crush. and yeah, yeah, it's a great crush. Look, it's third and four. Yeah, I'd be looking in their directions too. But there were times when he would miss opportunities or he would get locked on and just end up forcing a throw into coverage to one of those guys. And I want to see – I'm very curious. This is a great opportunity. We've seen it with quarterbacks before. Say Matthew Stafford, right? He loses Calvin Johnson and arguably becomes a better quarterback. Maybe obviously the team isn't as good, but he's a better quarterback because now he's forced to do more with his mind and get through reads. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious to see if we see something similar from him where now he's like – Okay, well, I'm going to go through my reads now. One, two, three, boom, get the ball out. The thing with him, though, if you're one of those people that loves sort of the under center pro style, five, seven step drop type quarterback, and you and I both know there are still people that want that, this might be your guy. he's running that pro style offense he's running that play action where and there's been interesting discussion about this recently on football twitter where he's turning his back to the defense which you don't see a lot of guys do now now you see play action a lot of it is you're in the shotgun of the pistol the hand the mesh point is in front of you and you still got your eyes on the defense he's turning his back on the defense and it's just a split second but that can be a huge thing for a quarterback reading the defense he can do that got a great arm I mean, right he can make some throws, middle of the field. I mean, he's just a big, strong it.
1: guy, huh?
0: Big, strong. Like, he's, yeah. he's Iowa born kind of guy, right? It's not a shocker that he's at the University
1: of Iowa. I remember you called um, Haskins a battleship. I mean, is that yeah. like what he is in the pocket, too? Yeah,
0: he can move a little bit. I mean, I'd say more than Haskins. But, like, look, you're not drafting him to run RPOs. I mean, you're not drafting <laughs> right, right. him to, like, back up Lamar Jackson for that kind of offense. So, But, yeah, great arm, great timing on a lot of his throws. He can throw deep outs. He can throw deep verticals. He can really push the ball downfield. Does a lot of the little things, like carrying out play action fakes, making quick decisions, spotting stuff pre-snap, and then, you know, seeing leverage situations in the secondary and exploiting them. You know, he can do some stuff in the boot game, like – I could see him in a similar vein to Matt Ryan. No, not saying a one-to-one comparison or anything, but Mm -hmm. he could run a lot of the same stuff that Ryan's runs or ran with Shanahan or even now with some boot stuff, throw to the tight ends off of that. You know, tough kid, take some shots, will hand in there and, you know, stare down the gun barrel and take some hits. You know, I think there's some potential here. I'm not, like, blown away by him, but he's one of those, like, steady guys that if you see him, you know, improve on last year, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, when we get into draft season for real yeah, you're going to have your eyes at the top, but he's that guy that sort of gets that late first round discussion that we all hear about. Obviously senior bowl type guy. I wouldn't surprise me at all to see him go down there and just sort of crush it down there. And so
1: definitely a a guy. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think great down at the senior bowl. So yeah, Yeah. I I think, you know, the, the experience to him, I think you see what the offense is asking him to do. There's that mental stuff. I think would be great in whiteboards. He's a guy that I think could rise if he has a nice senior year.
1: Makes perfect sense. Um, Quick generalization, he's an Iowa guy, so I'm sort of assuming he's been well-coached and receptive to coaching and sounds like he's asked to do a fair amount in terms of at the line of scrimmage and things like that. Yeah,
0: and, and the other thing with him is, look, we've seen Iowa quarterbacks sort of rise, right? Like mm-hmm. C.J. Beathard was somebody that, shocker, Kyle Shanahan drafted earlier than people expected because they run that kind of offense that would fit with what Shanahan wants to do. And he's also look, he's going to be an instructor at the Manning camp. And that's usually an idea like that's a window towards guys that are trending upwards in the football world and the draft world. So he's going to get a great chance to be an instructor down there and get some great exposures to NFL types. So yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a kid that could rise again, very intrigued to see him, you know, what he's going to look like next year without those two tight ends. But you know, Iowa, they're always sort of in the mix in the Big Ten, right? Oh, sure. And, you know, he's going to have a big game. Look, early October, he has a tough stretch. They go at Michigan for October – I mean, excuse, yeah, October 5th. And then the week after, they host Penn State. If he has two, mm. two good games in that one, his stock's really going to rise come
1: Halloween. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um a quick note because we kind of started this segment by saying, "Yeah, you had Fenton Hawkinson," and I th- not, and you said something along the lines of, "There were times he basically stared them down and went their direction," and it, it kind of dawned on me. I kind of took that two ways: like, is that his crutch and he needs it, or hey, his job's to win football games, and those two are better than anyone else on the field. I, I don't have a problem with. Eli staring down Odell or Ryan staring down Julio. You know what I
0: mean? It's a great point, Matt. And I sort of like, you know, I even heard me qualify. Like, look, if it's third and five and I'm out there, I'm going (laughs) to stare those guys down too. Like, it it makes some sense. That's why I'm sort of curious to see, you know, if we see him, you know, because, you know, I chart all this stuff out, the plays and the routes and stuff like that. And if next year on the same route concepts, he's looking at the tight ends. Well, then that was just what he was asked to do. You know, there could be some of that as well, where it's like, look, you know, this is the route design. You get this coverage. You're looking here. Like you've seen that in playbooks where it's like, if you get this coverage or on this route or in this situation, this is where you're throwing the ball. Like there are plays like that in playbooks. And so it could be a situation where he's just doing his job. I mean, again, you pick it up over watching like four or five games of a guy and you make a note of it. And that's why as we teed it up last week, last week, it's all baseline stuff. Like. If I write a report next draft season that says he locks on to his tight ends, he is undraftable, I better have evidence to back that up because this is just a baseline. I get curious to see what he does next year.
1: Right. And I think as as an evaluator, it'll be very beneficial to see him without those two studs. Yeah, you know. Now yeah. you gotta be don't you don't have something to lean on. You should be a year better. That'll be no. interesting. Um, quick break and then we're gonna come back with Stanford's KJ Costello. All right, I mentioned it before. KJ Costello from Stanford, six four ish, 215 in that neighborhood. I uh, never trust heights and weights and, you know, at this point until we really see him. Um, I recently saw Thor Nystrom, who's been on my show, and yep. does really good work. He just published his quarterback ranks and had KJ fourth overall behind kind of the brand name guys.
0: Yeah, and I can see it. Look, you know, I, I remember watching that Oregon-Stanford game live last year to sort of get a sense of Justin Herbert because that was the guy that, you know, everybody's really excited about. Costello, you know, he was good in that game as well. And, you know, great size. Again, we take them with a grave assault, but 6'5", 215. Okay. Like that's, a, that's a big boy. And you look he at looks some the, of the part numbers. He looks the then in the pocket. He looks yeah, the part. Okay. Like last year, completed 65% of his throws, 3,500 yards, 29 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And... He, again, is that sort of pocket passer type. You can see him making throws with anticipation. You can see him making quick decisions on even downfield route concepts. You can see him, you know, flashing some arm strength at times, you know, the kind that you're going to need to make throws in the NFL. You can see him, and again, this is going to be Like we were talking about with Stanley, he does a lot pre-snap at the line of scrimmage, and it's not one of those turn into the sidelines and see what they're telling you to do. It's on him. Stanford's offense usually puts a lot on their quarterbacks to make reads and calls at the line of scrimmage. That's why a lot of Stanford guys end up getting drafted or get some draft buzz because they're refined from a mental standpoint, and he does that. Climbs the pocket, moves in the pocket really well Again, great process and speed. If he sees something that's covered, even though that's the route concept, like he had a, a design screen against Notre Dame in one of the games I studied where he saw that it was blown up. They had read it. So he reads it instantly, comes off of it, and makes a sort of scramble drill type play. Other quarterbacks might force that in that situation, but he knows enough to get off of it. So I really like a lot of what he does. And I think, again, I'm not surprised that Thor has him ranked that high. If I were going to sort of tier these quarterbacks, if he's not in that first
1: tier, he's at the top of the second. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, quick question for you. I mean, any of us that watched J.J. Arkeo-Whiteside Ar- 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 last year saw a lot of jump balls, quarterback obviously yeah. trusting him a ton, yeah. and he was like the best contested catch receiver in the league, or in, in college football, and that makes sense. It's kind of like our Fant Hawkinson conversation. But do you think Costello, you know, who benefited more from one another? You know what I mean? Or was that a crutch? Is, is, did he really luck out having Ars- white whiteside or did he maximize them?
0: Right. And similar to the discussion we had with Stanley, look, yeah. when, I, when I watch these guys, I have, you know, sections on each little preliminary report I do where I have strengths and I have like areas I'm looking for improvement on. And one of the sort of areas I'm watching is I wrote in my notes, YOLO routes, trusted big wide receivers, okay, because it is something that I want to see now, because Look, we know how the game is played right now. If you have that back shoulder throw or a big body type wide receiver, you will go to him in certain situations, red zone, third downs, things like that. And it's sort of they, you know, they scratch each other's back kind of thing, because that's what J.J. did well. Of course. And he had a quarterback that would trust him enough to give him those opportunities. You know, now without him, he's probably going to have to go elsewhere in those situations. And so we're going to see how he responds as a result.
1: And the more I think about it, especially in this situation, is it would be more of a negative if he didn't throw it up for grabs when you have that type of receiver. Right. Like, if, like yeah.
0: at some point as a quarterback, you've got to trust in the guys on the other end of the throw, right? Right. Why and do you have the second-round
1: pick out there if you're not going right. to do what he does? If
0: you're not going to throw it to him, we'll find somebody that will because he's our best, op- our best option on these designs and sometimes our best option, period. Throw him the ball.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, what kind of athlete do you think he is?
0: He lumbers a bit, like yeah, okay. you know. If, if you're looking for pure athleticism from him, you know he, he, he's again in that more battleship mold than anything else. Like he can move. Who runs better, Stanley or Costello? I'd probably say Stanley.
1: Okay, you
0: know Stanley's um, but, bigger
1: and heavier, but he does. He's a little yeah. Bit he
0: seems to move a little better. You know Costello's got sloppy footworks He got sloppy mechanics at times. Like he's not teaching tape. He's a functional quarterback that finds a way to get things done. And sometimes, look, I'm okay with that for the most part. Like, I don't care so much about, you know, mechanics and things like that, even footwork, as long as it's functional enough and it works for the player. If he starts, like, lumbering into sacks and things like that and not feeling pressure and can't really create space, he doesn't have to be an incredible athlete. Like, he can just be Tom Brady and create space with his feet. That's what I want to see. For the most part, I've seen that, but I do want to see a little bit more refined technique in that area. Not pitch a perfect teaching tape, but I just want to see him get a little bit better.
1: Two little notes I'm just reading now from I mentioned Thor's list is he he starts out his his dialogue by saying um, that Costello was one of the absolute highest-graded guys by Pro Football Focus. I have some mixed feelings about... It's a data point. Yeah, I mean, it's worth noting. Okay, I mean, but that's good. Okay, that's better than being at the bottom, no doubt about it. Right. And he also kind of sums things up by saying... Yeah, this is a player that is intriguing more or less, and I'm I'm summarizing for Thor, but needs to iron things out through more experience. Yeah, Yeah, I think
0: that's exactly right. It is kind of like the stuff we were just touching on, where there's flashes where you can see if he has the development arc that we sometimes hope for from quarterbacks, especially later into their junior and senior years, he could really burst his way into that top tier and just, you know, crash that party. But he might not look. No
1: one's talking about Carson Wentz this time in his you know process. There's a lot of football left, right?
0: There was a lot of football to be played. There are a lot of games to be thrown. A lot of games to be played. A lot of passes to be thrown. Like he could look. This time last year, Brian Lewerke was getting the sort of similar type of buzz with KJ Costello. People were saying, "Look, this kid could really come into his own, and he could really crash the party." he basically lost his job through a mix of injury and poor performance. I mean, I went to see him personally a game, you know, Michigan state at Maryland. And that was one of those moments where you've probably seen this too. You're in the press box. The AFC East team scout sits down, doesn't open the notebook and leaves before halftime. Like there was just (laughs) not a lot to see. I'm not naming any teams. I was just going to say by division, but yeah, I I didn't blame him. I left before the game was over too. So yeah, Costello again, He could crash that top tier if the development comes together. It might not, and we might be saying this time next year, well, you know, who's Stanford's next quarterback?
1: Yeah. Um, We will get to Shea Patterson next week, Michigan guy. So any Wolverines out there, I got a lot of buddies that are went to Michigan. Um, Stay tuned for that next Wednesday. Mark, you're the man, dude. This was fun. Always a blast, my friend. Great to be with you. Great to be back next week. Looking forward to it already. Sounds like a plan. Over and out. And, folks, I will be back with Mike Sando tomorrow. So talk to you then.